0: and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. This is week four in our series entitled, Friends with the World, Enemies of God. And this series draws upon a verse from the book of James, chapter four, which says, Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. In part one, we discussed our relationships with God, our understanding of his nature, our feelings about his love, and the choices that we make in response to those perspectives. In part two, we discuss the crisis in masculinity and the fatherless, leaderless world in which we live at a time when we need faithful combat leaders, guiding families, and the community on the spiritual battlefield. In part three, we discuss the freedom we have as Christian Americans to make choices, and these shows are available by podcast at kkht.com or courageouschristianity.today. Today, we're going to talk specifically about making choices and the forces which sway our choices as we strive to choose God in all things. In short, the road to heaven is paved with the choices we make each day, and so is the road to hell. Before we get started in this conversation, I just wanted to thank God that Mike, our producer, is back From his little rest that he took, which was actually an illness, and there were many prayers spent to have him back here with us, and God is faithful and he answered our prayers, and we are thankful that Mike is sitting there in his seat as he is supposed to be. To help us with the discussion on choices, we're also going to do something different with Christy. We're going to ask her to take off her wingman helmet and to put on her coaching hat, because choices and the way we perceive things is actually uh, very interesting, not always what it seems, and it really helps to have somebody walk us through how that works. So I'm not being literal. She doesn't actually wear a helmet or a hat. I did see her wear a hat uh, once, but other than that, for the most part, she doesn't wear a hat. And today she's going to be our guest on the show to help us understand how to make choices, big and small hatless christy hello
1: <laughs> Hatless Christie, i don't know hatless that i've ever Christie. been called that but i i actually like to wear hats so yes
0: yeah, like shoeless joe jackson
1: okay he now had. we're into shoes
0: yeah okay um, i like hats excellent <laughs> and you're wearing one today figuratively, figuratively it's your coaching yeah. hat and,
1: and when we talk about that taking on or off the coaching hat it's a good thing to know okay you so like we did that. well with that
0: excellent Folks, before I begin, I have to remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserve, as one of the many hats that I wear, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in thanks for all the opportunity that we have each day to choose you, to choose the things that you have said are right and the things which will lead us closer to you. Help us, Lord, to see things through your eyes with love and compassion and also with the understanding that every choice we make leads us toward or away from you. Help us to make good choices, Father, to learn your word, to be discerning and courageous, and to be doers of the word and not just hearers. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, friends, Christy loves tautologies, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, and i got to tell you, this show is going to be one big tautology. So, a tautology, according to my computer, is the saying of the same thing twice in different words, generally considered to be a fault of style. So, I guess you're not supposed to do it. But, it's also something that is true by definition, to say, I am me, well, duh. That would be a tautology. Well, the Bible is full of tautologies. For example, you cannot obtain something holy in an unholy way, or if you want peace, be peaceful. And Christy loves tautologies, and she often speaks in tautologies. And to honor her as our guest today, I have a tautology for this show. And this is it. If you want God in your life, choose God in your life. How's that?
1: It's pretty simple.
0: I know, but was it a good tautology? That's very good. Yeah. Thank you.
1: I like it very much.
0: Coming from you, that's quite a compliment. <laughs> so Christy, you are a transformational coach, and that coaching hat is a very specific thing. It's a, a highly studied thing. It's not just something you decided to put on a business card. Tell us more about that.
1: So I think for me, um, first and foremost, I'm an accredited and certified coach. And kind of referencing the business card, just putting it on there as a business card. There are many out there who have taken a formula or a way of doing something and they found success with it. And they thought, oh, well, let me go teach it. Let me go train it. Let me go give advice on it. Yet they call themselves a coach. And um, and so I bring in that distinction from the get-go to understand that I'm an accredited and certified coach through the International Coach Fe- uh, Federation, which is referenced as the gold standard of professional coaches internationally. Uh, we adhere to a competencies. It's like a master's program beyond and beyond. Uh, when we te- are tested according to those competencies as a a coach, um, and we renew those competencies and it's not any i'm in the middle of renewal right now it's not any easy feat. it's not easy um and then also i i'm a certified coach through the divorce coaching cdc divorce coaching as as a specialist as well and so a lot of schooling to answer your question lots of education lots of criteria to meet to be approved at this level
0: I think what's worth adding to that, that you couldn't possibly say for yourself, but I can say as an observer is it takes a certain heart in my mind to be a good coach. And through our many conversations, you have an amazing heart, which is first and foremost, desirous of serving, guiding, befriending, walking with, mentoring. But what's so interesting to me about coaching is that it doesn't say this is the answer to the question. Right. Uh It helps people come to the question themselves and find the answer themselves, which is so much more powerful and we've said on the show before until someone asks a question, they can't possibly understand the answer right and so about uh our faith, we don't just want to talk at people, we want people in their lives where they are, wherever Jesus has found them, and caused them to question, and then we want to be good. Uh, coaches, good mentors, first in the way we live our lives, because you can't coach if you don't live your life in a creditable way, and second in how we lead them.
1: Yeah, in fact, ICF uh, defines coaching as a co-partnering, and it is, in fact, not advice giving. It's ninety um, percent listening, ten percent speaking, and uh, those you know, year, who have practiced for years and years and years can barely even say a word, maybe even a.
0: Hmm. And, and then gets, you have a realization.
1: <laughs> you have a realization. There's neuroscience to it as well, so th- it's not just the heart. Um I think a lot of coaches come to that they have to uh, to speak to what you said about the there's a element of humility when you're coming to authentic true coaching as defined co-partnering is I don't have the answers, you have the answers. Let me help together in a co-partnered way to help you discover those answers.
0: Yeah. Uh, when I say heart, it's like the heart of a doctor who truly wants to heal and the heart of somebody who wants to comfort. My father was a surgeon actually in Houston, and uh, some of you out there may know him. And when my brother was five, he was in school and he was asked what my father did. And he told the person who asked him that he cuts people open and the money falls out. <laughs> So he thought that's what a surgeon was. And of course it wasn't because the heart that my father had was a love of people and the desire to help them. So I have heard you say some people are more coachable than others. Right. What does that mean?
1: I think it kind of goes back to until you ask the question, you're not ready to hear, to hear the answer. A lot of people stay stuck in what's going on in their life and let's face it changing or moving out of that stuck place requires us to act we may not know how to act um, but we also more so may be afraid to act and kind of think of the comfort zone that many of us want to stay in the comfort zone we really want something else we want life to be different but it's safer inside this comfort zone and so People who w- say they want to change, but they'd rather stay in the comfort zone, those folks aren't coachable, and they'll actually be more defensive. So, for example, even if you pose a question, well, what would you think about maybe trying X, whatever X may be, dependent on what they're wanting, and immediately, oh no, no, that I can't do that. And so, a lot of can'ts, a lot of won'ts, a lot of walls being put up, a lot of defensiveness.
0: Yeah, that's bizarre to me because I've said to you before, and I say it every time I fly uh, with a new first officer, I say, okay, I'm the captain, but if I do anything that's not correct, I want you to call me on it because I'm so desirous of doing things right that I don't mind being wrong. And whether your desire to do things differently is based on the desire to do things right, Right. or a very realistic, self-effacing acknowledgement that where I am is not good. I don't like where I am. I want something else. I want to change. And I'm being very honest about it. And I would like you to help me to get to someplace new. And I guess that's what you mean when you say some people get stuck.
1: They get stuck, and that's a very vulnerable place to be, and most of us don't do vulnerability very well.
0: Yeah. Uh, What I'm hearing behind all of this is you've got to be real with where you are. And, folks, I have to tell you, talking to Christy is uh, an amazing thing because she's genuinely curious. She listens first to understand, and just like the Bible says... And then she says, approach every conversation with curiosity. And we're going to talk about that more when we come back. Stay with us.
1: I was dying to be free. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mindelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts 800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
0: Friends, welcome back. We are talking with Christy Stratton in part four of our series, Friends with the World, Enemies of God. And Christy is talking to us as a certified accredited coach. She is not my wingman for this show. And in segment one, we talked about what makes a person coachable and why some people are not coachable, uh, whether they don't like the vulnerability or uh, whether they're just absorbed with the need to be right, and then they change the rules in their need to be right, as opposed to being so desirous of being right that they will change themselves. So we are talking with choosing God. That's kind of the big picture. Uh, There's a Chinese proverb which says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And so, as we get clear on where we want to go, and if that is toward God, then our first step on the path to God is to choose that path, and then to walk that out each day uh, in our subsequent choices by simply asking, at this next place of choice, what will I do? And then we find out that our desire must be for God. And then we must make choices accordingly. And in that way, we will walk it out one day at a time and our days will lead us closer to God. Uh, is that an oversimplification?
1: It's, it's not easier said than done. And I think people come to it at the right time, right place. Um, for them. For them. Or they pass it by and they stay, they stay stuck.
0: And so when we talk about being called, that's that's Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God right. calling us and saying in this moment, and we each have it differently. You're right about
1: Absolutely. that.
0: Absolutely. And then I think I've heard a lot of people say that they were called and they may have initially had thoughts about it, but they didn't really act on those thoughts. If you remember, Pastor Jeff Neal said that he yeah. thought of himself as a Christian, but his morality didn't change and his right. behavior didn't change. So did he really accept Christ?
1: Well, I, I think, like you said, m- many of us are go through the same thing. And it, the same thing happened for me. I remember being uh, called uh, when I was mm, about 28 years old. And it was at that point I started, I, I had a, a better awareness um, and I started making choices along the way. Now I know this, I started making choices along the way to draw closer to, to, uh, Jesus, but it really wasn't until, um, a big crisis in my life that I took the next step, which was divorce. And I was kind of at the end of me, right? right? Letting go of me seeking, seeking. Um, and so much
0: of it is letting go of ourselves. So
1: much of it is. And, and that's that humility component. I think when we realize, okay, I don't have all the answers. I need to surrender to something more. And if we've been called, then we begin to get clear on what that calling is. And I talk about it for me personally, kind of like the veil coming off of my eyes. And I think it started when I was 26 and I began to kind of see life clearer again let's i also i mentioned this earlier there's a neuroscience part of it too it's your brain forming and and that sort of thing but what we're talking about is faith and and the thinking around it and i i kind of knew it and i slowly took steps towards it until i got really clear on what i wanted in life uh what i thought god was calling for me uh, calling me to do in life and realizing what i didn't want then it was when I really was clear on that, that I took the appropriate steps to bring me to where I am today.
0: Wow. Well, I'm, I'm, I heard three things. I heard get clear. Yeah. I heard what you do and I heard what you don't do.
1: Yeah. Sometimes and, more important to know what you don't want.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. The Marine Corps has a planning process called the Marine Corps planning process and we call it McPeepee. Uh, because it has two P's. Mike, settle down over there. I'm not saying anything I shouldn't. (laughs) And step one of uh, the Marine Corps planning process is mission analysis. And mission analysis can go on for a long time as we do what you've said, which is get Get clear clear on what we're trying to accomplish. And then as we get clear, we look at our resources in light of that clear mission understanding. And we say, what do I need? What do I have? and any time a senior assigns a mission to a subordinate commander that subordinate commander should get clear on the mission and then they do an estimate of supportability which is uh basically saying sir if you want me to accomplish this mission then i need these resources and then the senior is uh able to either adjust the mission because he can't supply the resources or uh change, uh, the, the, the scope of the mission, make it smaller. So the resources fit or could actually say, do the mission anyway. And I realize that I'm accepting more risk because you don't have these shortfalls. So one time in Afghanistan, uh, this thing, uh, said that for this mission, we needed to have more mine rollers than I had assigned to me. We needed four or something and I had one. And so I went to my boss and I said, if you want me to do this mission, I need more mine rollers. And well, that, you know, long story short, (laughs) as we get clear on what God wants us to do and the resources he has assigned us, which are talents, experiences, money, time, energy, the people around us are resources.
1: Well, what I'm hearing in all of that is not me, myself, and I, there's always somebody else, whether it's your subordinate or your CEO, God, or a coach. And the problem is, is that when, I mean, you think about it, ever, have you ever decided to make a change in your life? Yes. Okay. And did you go about trying to make that change? Yes. Did you have any difficult making that change? Could you, did you have difficulty dis- determining exactly what you wanted to do to make that change? Yes. Right a coach comes alongside and helps you get clear, looks at everything we talk about at eyes wide open. And then we explore it. We discover, okay, what is it that you really want to do? And for me, one of the things I start with is values. And it's really an eye-opening exercise when we, I work with a client to discern what their top 10 values are. And I can tell you 100% of the time when we walk through the values exercise with my clients and when we walk through how those values show up in their life, they, they have a complete aha and they realize, wow, I, I didn't know I was making choices from this place and I really want to be cha- making choices from this place. And they learn about themselves and they begin to get clear on who they are and really what they want and what they need in their life to be able to accomplish that mission.
0: Um, it's fantastic folks, if you're not hearing, uh, there's this, uh, elephant in the room and well, for me in my perception and not to be disrespectful, but that elephant is Jesus. And the point that I think we're both alluding to coming to is that when you decide that you want God to be your destination, that you want to live your life for God and do his work. As you say, I don't want the world. I want God. Jesus is your coach. And he says, if this is what you want, uh, and then he might point out these choices and say, make this choice in my power. I know it's hard. I'll walk with you. I'll help you. Uh, Maybe the Holy Spirit says to you, this is not a good choice. As you have some moment and you think to yourself, should I hit send on this nasty email? And the Holy Spirit is saying, don't do that. And so I'm really, um, I'm not sure if you should say Jesus is the elephant in the room, but <laughs> Jesus is the coach in the room. And I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to be disrespectful. Um,
1: He's the ultimate coach.
0: Because in him, we can find all that we need. He, and and by the way, don't be upset if he asks you questions that you don't like that are painful right. because that's love. Love is being honest. And so when Jesus says to you, uh, is drinking every night really how you plan to serve me with all that I've given you and all the need out there and all the good that you can do, this is where you are with this right. or any of these other things that we get absorbed with.
1: Well, we're back to the question and a good coach asks powerful <laughs> questions And they're not questions of judgment. They're questions from a curious standpoint. And, and so, and, and the Holy Spirit will put the questions on, uh, you know, for example, am I really, am I living my life according to the fruits of the spirit? And if I'm saying I want my life to produce the fruits of the spirit and they're not, then hello, there's my clarity. And then what am I going to do about it?
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Friends. This is how I'm, uh, I'm putting all of this together in my head. As we make the choices which will make us friends with the world and enemies of God or warriors in God's kingdom serving him according to what he says is important, we get a very clear perspective on the fact that that's what we want to do. I want to serve God. I don't want to accumulate a whole bunch of things that are going to rust and get eaten by moths. I don't want to play reindeer games. I want to serve God and the many people who uh, need. And by the way, I'm specially gifted and I've had special experiences and uh, I'm uniquely and wonderfully made and Jesus is going to walk with me in this and he's going to ask me some tough questions and he's going to help me. And so we're getting very clear on our mission, which for me might be equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and for you might be something completely different. I mean, look, Christy walks with people who are going through divorce, which is a very uh, strange and difficult place to be because she's trying to save marriages, minimize the collateral damage caused by divorce, and she's just identified that place on the spiritual battlefield, and that's where she serves. So whatever that service looks like, as we bring our lives to God and say to Him, Yes, Lord, we want to make choices for you. In that clarity, we now get real with what Jesus is asking us, and mm-hmm. there has to be transformation. Your transformational coast. There has to be change.
1: Yeah, there has to be change, and it's it's not an overnight thing. I often say tiny baby steps, and um, I, I mean my story is an example of those tiny baby steps since I was called.
0: I think we each have that story. It took quite a long time. I accepted Jesus in 2003, but I don't think I started living for him, genuinely getting clarity on what my place was on this battlefield until 2015. And it was also uh, as a result of difficulty. So, friends, stay with us. We'll talk to Christy more in the third segment. To see the momentary cause of the whiplash, commotion.
1: They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need your help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mindelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life.
0: Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are... Or a friend or family member is Struggling in a marriage Contemplating or going through divorce You need a wingman You will want to tune in each Saturday To hear from Christy and her guests One thing is for sure As I have learned over the last 72 shows On Courageous Christianity You can count on Christy for truth For a faith-based perspective For compassion And for insightful guidance Tune in each Saturday She'll be there for you as well Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM. KKHT, The Word.
1: What a friend we have in Jesus Well,
0: folks, Mike always chooses that song at just the right time. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Christy Stratton, who is normally my wingman. And today she is speaking in her official capacity as a certified coach, which is a big and interesting deal. And we said in the last segment uh, that we had to get clear on our mission. And that if we want to walk toward God, Jesus will help us. Jesus is our coach. And he tells us the good news when we need the good news. And he'll also tell us some of the of the tough things. And I mentioned briefly uh, that I didn't start living for Jesus. And I wanted to ask you about your journey in Christ as you accepted him as your coach.
1: Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, it's been uh, a long process uh thank you god i'm i'm happy for uh grateful rather for every step along the way tiny baby steps maybe some two big giant leaps forward and 10 back sometimes is how it's felt but it really was in 2015 that i kept looking at uh, i mentioned those fruits of the spirit my life and what i wanted and what was being produced in my life and as i got clear Again, after some major crisis in my life, exactly what I wanted. um, I felt called to different um, uh, audio Bible teachings. As I'd go outside and walk, and I'd listen to them, and I would hear, "You've got to be in a Bible-based church. You've got to be in a small group. You've got to be in a church community." I didn't have one, and so I started looking. and And when we when we open our eyes and we become aware of you know, that we either want to make a change or we're looking for something new. Don't those things tend to appear, right? And it's not coincidence. We, (laughs) We do. We can speak to that. We see things that we might have not otherwise seen. And I happened to see a billboard and it said a particular church and it kind of spoke to me. And so I looked at it. And you know what I think it's really interesting, it may very well be this exact day or this weekend 2015 that I attended that church for the first time. Oh, wow. And it was really interesting. I for me I wanted a smaller congregation and this particular congregation was a break off of a bigger congregation here in Houston and it was I just felt like I was at the right time in the right place. And they had spoken about merging with another church in the area, and they were buying an an older church. And so I got to be in a group um, pretty quickly uh, in a smaller congregation and get to know other believers. And as I was around other believers, I kept drawing closer and closer to the Word, and I kept hearing, "This is where you're to be." And so I got involved and I volunteered. And um, and I just kept drawing closer to Christ. And I met people that I'm still in touch with today who I could call on uh, as that community um, of fellow believers. And, you know, we don't see each other every day, but something happens in life and they're there. I know I can go to them for wise counsel. Um, And then as life moved on and I kept drawing closer, getting clearer and clearer on whom who I am in Christ and who I am to serve. Uh, that's when the divorce coaching came in as a part of my, my coaching, which is uh, really transitions, the biggest transitions in life, whether it be grief or a uh, divorce, a divorce or even a job change or a career change. And I happen to be on this station talking with some other friends on other shows. And that's when the opportunity God just came w- right in and opened the doors and offered me the, the divorce coaching hour through the team here. And then the next thing you know, uh, Courageous Christianity came about. And so here I am today and closer to Jesus, wanting to know Jesus more and more and more. But it all started with that that decision to change and my my getting clear on the fact that life wasn't turning out how i wanted it to be and so then what was i going to do and i did that through coaches myself and getting clear and walking this exact path i'm talking about now
0: you made a choice and you acted on that choice and that choice was the product of the holy spirit and god's work in your heart
1: yeah thank you god
0: and then your thinking had to change. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise you would have remained unchanged in the way you uh, lived your life. Absolutely. So help me understand how we get from those feelings that you had and those desires that you had to your thinking and ultimately to the way you lived your life.
1: Well, first and foremost, it, it is I had to have a safe space to even become aware of the thinking and so uh, obviously as a coach I advocate for coaching or wise counsel or a mentor but you've got to have someone in your space who is and has an objective point of view Okay. Um, so first I had to become aware of it and then secondarily I in that clarity and looking at what my life was producing I had to say no to what I didn't want anymore in my life and
0: that's sometimes a big dose of reality for some people when you say is this really what i want on my tombstone or is this really how i want my children to think about me or
1: well, we is this all my life's going to be we go back to that comfort zone and we go back to that vulnerability and ultimately we go back to what's at the root of that and that's pride and so when we're when we're going to do life on our own me myself and i i We perceive that to be safe, but in fact, if we really um, understand it, if we really, really get real with it, which we're talking about, we realize that it is not a safe place.
0: So um, we can be ruled by our feelings, which are generally from the flesh. And until we know Jesus, they're generally about ego and self and so forth. Or we can allow Jesus to work in our heart and then start to change our thinking. And then that change in thinking changes those feelings. And then our actions are changed. And um,
1: what I'm hearing you talk about is a wonderful thing called the think, feel, act cycle, which we've talked about before. And in fact, many of us believe that it's our feelings that precede our actions, but in fact, it's our thoughts. And and what draws my mind to, if we want to become, um, uh, we don't want to be enemies with God and rather friends with God, <laughs> enemies of the world. Then the ba- the place to go is the Bible, because what happens is when we read, it goes into our mind. When we listen, it goes in through our ears, through our mind. And the Bible is the best coaching instrument out there. And because it, it remaps our mind, we can actually rewire our brains by changing the things that we're feeding it.
0: Yeah, so amazing. Somebody cannot like where they are in life. And then when you talk to them about where they are, they resist change. Absolutely. And I get so confused by that because I talk to all kinds of people and it's like, okay, you just said to me you aren't happy. And you just said effectively, I don't like this. And I don't like this about my life and this about my life. And here we're suggesting thinking about things differently or feeling about things differently and acting differently. And you're resistant to that.
1: Well, bottom line is fear and we perceive fear and it's scary to step outside and change. And it is, Hey, this is courageous Christianity. It is a courageous thing to do, to step outside of that. Many people want to go around the fear go away from it. And what happens is whatever they're fearing grows.
0: Yeah. People move away from fear. But what we need
1: to do is we need to step courageously right into it. And we actually will find the most profound growth and change and a life we never could have imagined.
0: Yeah. We began the segment Mike played what a friend we have in Jesus. And in him, we have the courage to face fear and in him, we will not be put to shame. Scripture says that uh, just read Psalm 25. If you're concerned about a situation, he says, release my feet from the snare. Do not let me be put to shame. Jesus will not allow that. Nobody believes in him will be put to shame. And so we can step away from that fear. We can give it all to him. We can read the word, understand God's amazing love, and then in the power of those feelings, go and be the people that he wants us to be. And as our perspective changes, and as we start to see more of the world through the lens of faith, we realize how God works in our lives so amazingly.
1: Well, and even deciding to choose to look at the world through that lens of faith. I mean, try it for one day and look for all the things that are good in this world versus what are bad. We play a little game called the green flags, red flags. And so just very simply look for what's good. That's a green flag. Just quit looking for the bad things and it will begin to rewire your brain. There's a lot more to it. But
0: yeah, you know, it's interesting to me because there is so much commentary on what is wrong with the world, even from good people and uh, people who believe in the Bible and people who believe in faith, sit around and talk about ad nauseam. Just all the things that are wrong. And I think there are very few people who are out there talking about the fact that this might be wrong, but this is how we get right. And in that decision to get right, in that decision to leave the world's thinking behind us and ask, what is God's thinking here? We become instruments of God's will and warriors on the battlefield. And that's when we actually start correcting all the things that are wrong. Wrong,
1: And it's the most amazing place to be. I, I just encourage everyone to be courageous and s- get into the word and step into that. It's it's amazing where it will take Make you. that choice. Yeah. And I
0: love the idea of green flags, because to be honest, we can all get in a place where maybe we woke up on the wrong side of the bed and we're seeing everything negative <laughs> or you woke up late and you're seeing all red flags and this is being done to me and this is happening and this is terrible. Or we turn around and we look at this person who's working so hard, and we say, wow, I am surrounded by uh, God's good and these amazing people. And we're going to talk about that in the final segment. Stay with us, folks. I get so afraid the plans that you Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281 656 one eight three three, or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail dot com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at two eight one six five six eighteen thirty three, or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail dot com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support.
1: I counted
0: the lights as we headed up to the chapel to pay. Our last respects. Someday Friends, you're back with Courageous Questions Christianity, like and I'm Richard Mendelow, and We're talking with Christy Stratton, who's normally my wingman, but today she's with us in her capacity as a certified accredited coach.
1: I have a different hat on.
0: That's right. And we're talking <laughs> about the choices that we make as we desire to separate ourselves from the world and. Embrace the things of God. And we've said on the show many times the world and God are 180 degrees out. God says we should work, and the world says, here, I'm going to pay you to stay home and do nothing. God says stuff doesn't matter, and the world says you got to have a bigger house and a newer car and you got to be something. God says, I'm not all that interested in the physical, and the world says, you've got to have this kind of body, and this kind of hair, and this kind of look. And so, as you choose the things of the world or the things of God, you go in that direction. Our eyes are in the front of our head because we go where we're looking. And so, what we've said is, if we are looking toward God, now how do we make choices that lead us there? And what comes to my mind is that God guarantees us in the Bible that He will give us the desires of our hearts. And I spoke about it last week briefly. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 24 and 25 say, Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. So if your desires are for the world, there you have it. God's going to give you that. And Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that doesn't mean he's going to let you win the lottery. What it means is you will be fulfilled in your love of him and in your focus on him. So what brings your desires into reality are your choices. That's what makes something we think become a feeling that we have which expresses itself in our actions. Make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's um, a little thing that long ago we didn't know. We thought the mind was just so-called static, uh, unchangeable. But we, in fact, can rewire our brain. That's a part of the think-feel-act cycle. But if we want something different... Then we can make the choices to here's the tautologies are heading towards. Do something different. Do something different, right? And that may sound trite, but it really is that simple. For example, removing particular words from your vocabulary. That's something any of us, most of us, let's say, uh, could make that choice right now. But what I think I would take the listeners to even before that is just. Get in a still, quiet place and ask yourself, where are you in life? What's, you know, is your life producing, if you already have been called to Christ, look at the fruits of the Spirit. Is your life showing that you are a friend of God, an enemy of the world? And if your answer, which might very well be from the Holy Spirit, is, yeah, I'm tending to more be friends with the world, but I want to be a friend with God. Then, okay, that's I'm looking in the mirror. I've got real. Now, what am I going to do about it? And there's a ton of different things you can do about it.
0: Yeah, as you remap your brain, you talked about green flags and red flags. You have a choice to focus on the negative or focus on the positive. And sometimes I get up very early in the morning to go fly or something. And I'm just astounded by the people that I see up and working hotel desks and uh, sweeping and cooking breakfasts in hotels and then in airports and the mechanics and all the people who work on the ramp and the flight attendants and all of this stuff. And I marvel at God's children engaged in all of these pursuits with really a lot of heart and a lot of desire to do well, and a lot of desire to serve and love. And you can focus on that and see that, or you flip on the TV and you see the commentary about this, or you see the vulgarity and you say, okay, one of these two things is going to shape my brain. Right. Either I'm going to let the news media shape my brain, tell me what I should think, tell me I should pursue this picture of beauty or this picture of success, or I'm going to let the things that God values shape my brain, which are not the things of the world. It's not money. It's not wealth. It's not a new complete car. Complete opposite. It's the complete opposite. And it really, I could see it totally remapping your brain. And that would be the transformation in our hearts. And if we did remap our thinking, then the next thing that would change is our is our feeling. For example, now, as I look at these people, whereas before maybe I was easily annoyed now I look at all these people engaged in all this different stuff and the feeling that I have because of my looking, because of my perceiving and because of my thinking is one of compassion and love. And you say, okay, that's where I'm focused. And so I see how that change would manifest. And now you're coming from a place of compassion and
1: love. Right. It's, it. you know, people might be hearing habits, but it really is habits people get a little bit. Uh, scared when they hear the word habits, like you've got to change a habit. But in fact, you're you're replacing one habit with another habit, uh, a habit to see good, a habit to say I can instead of I can't, uh, a habit to um, not
0: use the word should,
1: not use the word should, a habit to turn off the TV, a habit to put down the phone at dinner, uh, if you go to dinner with your spouse to put the phone down and away, make that a habit. That is a choice to make a new habit. Make another choice.
0: Make another choice. I love the story when you told that a couple of weeks ago about make another choice. And these are doable things and they're little things and they seem innocuous, but the road to hell is paved with the bones of those who made little choices, which focused them on the world.
1: Well, and that's what Satan wants. He's whispering lies in our ears, into our hearts, into our eyes by what we're consuming, by what we're hearing, what we're talking about, what we're watching, all of that.
0: Yeah, I quit swearing overnight. I used to, I was a Marine and Marines can swear and I could weave a tapestry of profanity that would hang over the Atlantic Ocean (laughs) and overnight that went away because I prayed for a couple months that God would take that away from me. And I was looking at my prayer journal for 2015 and I started praying that swearing would go away and I would stop swearing in March and April 5th. I just stopped swearing and I remember it because it was Easter and God just took it away from me. And uh, it's a big thing in my life. It's a, it's a signpost. It's a, it's a guide. It's a, (laughs) the, the road to heaven has an off ramp of profanity. And if I take that off ramp a couple times a day, there's a good chance I'll spend more of the day off road uh, than on road.
1: It rewires your brain. I mean, it even, uh, it, I don't, won't get into all the neuroscience of it, but it'll re- remaps your chemistry in your brain.
0: Yeah. Christy's taught me a lot about the neuroscience involved to include the reticular activating system, which I just like saying, cause it makes me sound really cool. <laughs> or maybe I just think that it does. But what we're talking about is the world's values or God's values, society's values, pop culture values, reality TV, and all of the ways that that shapes our brain and causes us to look at things. Or we can look at things through the lens of faith and see the compassion of God, the love of God, the good of God, and the good that we can do. And something uh, in evidence, my my evidence for what I'm saying is that if 70% of the United States uh, identifies as Christian, then how does some of the buffoonery that's going on in this nation come to pass? If Christians were being Christians, and if they were living out God's values, right. then how does some of the stuff that happens come to pass and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't unless there are a bunch of people standing idle they're idle at the voting booth they're idle uh at, at school board meetings when they should be telling well sc- idle
1: or th- they're they're perceiving that they're faith impotent. um and following jesus with religiosity
0: as two separate things that is a true statement right and that brings us to our moment of truth as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. Our moment of truth today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. As we take our thoughts captive, as we focus on the word of God, as we focus on green flags, the positive and the good all around us, we have the opportunity to make choices in every situation which will accomplish God's will and make this earth into his kingdom. It's that simple. Choices based on scripture. Scripture is the inspired word of God. It is absolutely true all day, every day. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Choices based on the Word of God. That is how we demolish the enemy and his lies. And that brings us to our quote of the day, which comes from my Bible, which is a study Bible. And the preface to 2 Corinthians says this, Slithering through the centuries, the serpent whispers his smooth-tongued promises, beguiling, deceiving, and tempting, urging men and women to reject God and to follow Satan. It's that simple. The devil wants you to make choices to reject God, God wants you to make choices to reject Satan and to return home to him. Friends, to get to God, we must make him our destination in every step at each decision point, big or small. We must each choose God, the word of God, the perspective of God, the will of God and the things of God. And that is courageous Christianity. Christy, thank you so much for being our special guest today.
1: Thank you. It's been a nice change uh, wearing a new hat.
0: Excellent. You'll have your helmet back on <laughs> next week.
1: All right, great.
0: Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT The Word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. And